0: About a year and a half ago, God added an amazing couple to our church family. Pastor John and Mary Jane Mendez have traveled the world. They've been to dozens of nations preaching the good news. They've been to India, they've been to South America, they've been to Asia, they've been to Central America, they've been everywhere declaring. They're part of our going global team. But great for us is that they also lead our Catedral de Fe, our Spanish service, every Sunday afternoon. If you know somebody whose primary language is Spanish, I would encourage you to have them check out the service that comes, because Pastor John and Mary Jane have an incredible vision that every place we have campuses right now in English will have a Spanish campus. Amen? It's been so great to have them here. Mary Jane, it's great to have you here. In fact, great news because after a year and a half of commuting from LA every week, they finally found a house in Gilroy and will be moving in in another couple of weeks. So, welcome, Mary Jane. It's great to have you guys here. So glad you're part of this great moment. God's about to seal what He's been doing this whole service. You're going to walk out of here with victory because the word of the Lord through Pastor John is going to open your eyes and open your spirit to a possibility that you had not yet imagined, because God's at work in ways you cannot see. Amen? So let's welcome Pastor John as he comes to bring the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Pastor Wayne. You may be seated. My wife and I refer to Pastor Wayne as Dr. Fun, all right? (laughs) And uh, in case you don't know, this is my wife, Mary Jane. Will you please stand? This is my wife, Mary Jane. On the 7th of October, we'll celebrate 40 years of being married. So we praise the Lord for that. Okay. And uh, we're really excited about what the Lord is doing here at Cathedral. We joined the team uh, primarily because of the vision that is here. And uh, the vision not only from Pastor Kenny Foreman, the founder of Cathedral of Faith, but also Ken and Kurt, as they have continued this legacy along with Dr. Wayne. And the legacy is not only in celebrating the globalization of our our city, San Jose, because as you you come to church on Sunday, you find out that we we really uh, are a manifestation of what the community is. At any given time, you'll find individuals from various parts of the world under the Lordship of Christ. Last night, we had some folks from uh, Syria. Siberia. <laughs> I'll get it out. Siberia? Serbia. Serbia, Serbia. Serbia. okay. One of those countries, all right? <laughs> um, and uh, it, was, uh, it was powerful to see uh, these individuals coming uh, to seek out a blessing from Pastor Ken. And again, it's incredible to see the way in which Pastor Ken Pastor Kurt embrace this global vision uh, of being able to, to bring, uh, take out the, the gospel of Jesus Christ to every tongue, to every nation. I think we should give it up for our, for our, our, our church today. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is what, part of what brought us here, is the fact that they were willing to stand with us not only in reaching the Hispanic community here in the Bay Area, but also to go along with us in various parts of the, of the world that we have traveled. 27 different countries that we've taken the gospel of Jesus Christ, Been, to, as Pastor Dr. Wayne mentioned, uh, to India, to Indonesia, um, all of Latin America. It's just been powerful to see how the spirit of God is just moving globally. It's not only here Uh, in in our country, but it's also in various parts of the world. Indonesia is experiencing a great revival, um, a out of the Holy Spirit. Um, In that country, uh, when a Muslim kills a Christian, it is celebrated. Uh, However, the Lord, it's amazing how he turns things around, and, and they say that for every Christian that loses their life for Jesus Christ, Thousands come to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior because they don't deny the lordship of Jesus in their lives. It's just powerful to see what God is doing in Indonesia and various parts of the world. That's what brought us here. Let me share a little bit about what we're doing in Latin America. Uh, Presently, we are focused in Guatemala. Any Central Americans here? Want to raise your hand? Central Americans. Let's give it up for the Central Americans that are here. And so um, several years ago, I was invited to go to Guatemala, and uh, we were speaking at, at some very large crusades. In the, um, in the process of meeting some of the pastors there, I met some individuals, especially some younger, younger men, uh, younger couples, who just felt a call to, to go into the ministry and preach the gospel um, and, and disciple individuals in their faith with Christ. A lot of these uh, places that that they minister, they're not very popular places to go to. They're usually in some village up on a on a on a mountaintop, or um, out in the middle of the jungle, and and they have no help, uh, no support. And and my wife and I just felt that we we needed to support some of these uh, some of these pastors. Uh, in the in the past few years, we've built pastoral houses, we've built kitchens because they have. No kitchens. Um, we've been able to get them uh, running water because, again, they've, they've had none. And some of the things that we've done also is build churches. And that's what we're doing in a place called Tecojate in, Gua- in Guatemala. I know you say that three times real fast and you'll speak in tongues. Tecojate, okay? <laughs> um, and Tecojate is probably one of the hottest areas that I've ever been to in my life. I mean, it's so hot there, it's the only place where I've literally seen uh, flies sweat, okay? That's how hot it is, okay? But in Tekohaten, God is moving in a powerful way, touching many lives, and we are building a church there. Uh, the individuals, members of the church, have uh, rolled up their sleeves and they're building the, the, the church itself. Um, I don't have the images to share with you, but just one thing that I want to share with you, the, 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 the children's facility, the, the, the room, the classrooms they have for the kids, is literally this bamboo hut with uh, palm leaves on top. They have no floor, they have no walls, it's just bamboo walls, uh, sticks that are they're holding it up. Uh, and they have no running water, no electricity. And, um, and so we've taken it up, the John Mendes Ministries International have taken up a project to build a, um, a, a classroom, or classrooms, better yet, for these children. If you want more information on this effort or on any of the efforts that we have, like next year we'll be going to Indonesia, going to Guatemala once again, uh, out in the uh, the, the foyer after the service, I'll be there available for information if you would like to get some. Amen. God is good. Amen. Well, you know, I don't know if you've ever looked at a picture that's supposedly a picture within a picture. I can never get those. Okay. Uh, they, they try to tell you that within this matrix of lines, there is an image, but I can never get it. Now, it's not that I'm blind or that I can't see, but sometimes I just can't perceive what the artist is trying to convey, okay? Uh, how many parents here? Can you raise your hand? Has it ever happened to you that you start saying things and you say to yourself, wow, sound, I sound just like my dad? Sound just like my mom. Anybody, okay? Have you ever told your kids this? Okay, you got to see me with your eyes, you know, got to open your eyes to see. Well, there's only one way to see, and that's with your eyes, okay? But yet, uh, the scripture even talks that way and says, you know what? There's people who walk around with their eyes open, but they literally cannot see. Wow because just like with that picture, that image, it's not so much that you can't see the picture, you just can't perceive the image that they're trying to convey. Perception is understanding, being able to visualize that which the artist is trying to communicate. That's the difference between eyesight and vision. There's people who can see, but they don't understand everything that's taking place around them. It's kind of like that guy going down the 101 on the fast lane at 35 miles an hour. And he doesn't, he's not aware of all the people following behind him, you know, honking, telling them to move over, okay? Because they're not aware of the things that are happening around them. See, there are folks in this room today who see God doing things in their lives, but because they have no vision... They can't understand what God is doing in their lives. And I believe that that vision makes us stronger in our faith. I'm not only seeing God doing something in your life, but also understanding what God does in your life. Because when you understand, you have there's no room for the enemy to introduce confusion, doubt, or fear. Can I hear an amen? amen. All right. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here and share with you today about... The power of vision. And the power of vision, I've heard this say, said one time, is that eyesight is what you can see, vision is what you can understand. God today wants to open your eyes so that you can understand what He's wanting to do in your life. Because some of you have questioned God Hey, God, did you forget about me? What about my situation? But don't worry about it. God is in control. Please say amen when I say that, all right? Okay, the second thing that I want to share with you about this vision perception is what Miles McPherson said. He said, eyesight is a function of the eyes. Vision is a the, is the function of the heart and faith. I want to be able to have the faith of not only seeing God in action in my life, but understand what God is doing in my life. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering today. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm trying to rush a little here because I've got a lot of things that I want to share with you. And sometimes, you know, uh, um, sometimes I, I, I forget. I'm praying the Holy Spirit will remind me everything that He told me to tell you, okay? All right. I'm glad some of you said amen. I want to bring your attention to this phrase open their eyes and they saw. It's, um, it's two words, two terms two reactions of what God did in the lives of individuals that I want to share with you today. Hopefully, I'll be able to share all three of them. If not, at least two of them I'm going to share with you. Um, and this phrase is used in every one of these situations that happen in the Old Testament. The Old Testament, re- written in Hebrew, we find that the word opened their eyes to the word galah. Somebody say galah with me today. Galah means to take away the covering meaning that something was holding back was covering what God wanted them to see. God wants to take away the covering today in your life so that you can see what he's doing in your life. Amen. The second thing is means to open to discover, to reveal, to manifest, to disclose. And God wants it completely open to complete, he wants to open completely to your life so that you will know and understand what he's doing in your life. Some of you just don't see what God is doing. You've thought that God has forgotten about you. As He reveals to you today what He's doing in your life, all of a sudden that fear that you have, that doubt that you have, is going to go away in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Come on, someone praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. I like this next word. The next word is the word raha. Somebody say raha. I think we got that, that expression aha from this word raha. You know, because when we learn, it seems like uh, we go through a a certain stage, we go to certain stages of of, of learning. When somebody tells us something, we say, huh? After we say, huh, we go, um, ooh, and when we finally get it, we say, aha. So um, I pray that you have the aha experience today, okay? And aha means they, they saw, they perceived, they were able to know, they were able to understand, and when you're able to get to that point in your walk with God, and your vision is developed to be able to understand, again, all fear, confusion, doubt falls away in the name of Jesus. You guys ready? Are you guys ready? Amen. You guys ready? Amen. Amen. All right, so let's talk about the power of vision. The first story I want to talk to you about is um it's a rather peculiar story. It's a story of Hagar and her son Ishmael. The reason why it's very um, peculiar is because there was a lot of things that happened that were um, was a series of mistakes. Wow. Here are two individuals that, we are, that they are revered and respected. Abraham as a father of our faith and Sarah as a woman who God manifested his power through in, 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 in giving her a child when she was already old. But You know, at the same time, we find their humanity coming into play, and when we find that, all of a sudden, uh, man gets involved in trying to help God, and we we just don't get it. God doesn't need our help. God doesn't need our help. Maybe you didn't get it. Maybe I'll say it this way. God doesn't need your help. All right? And, and, and this is what happened, okay? God speaks to Abraham, you're gonna be a father of many nations, he gets all happy, he goes to talk to his wife, his wife is already old. Hey, are you are gonna have a child? And she goes, yeah, right, and she laughs at him. And, 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 and they receive God's word and they wait on God. Then all of a sudden, Sarah gets an idea. That's dangerous, man, when women get ideas. She goes and talks to Abraham and says, Hey Abraham, I think God forgot about us. You're getting older, so am I, and we don't have any kids. But I have an idea. Wow. Some of you have ideas today, thinking that you're gonna help God. And this is what Sarah did. She talked to Abraham. Abraham, there's Hagar. She's young, she's beautiful. Why don't you go and take her as your woman? Maybe she can give you a child. And Abraham's a typical guy. Oh, yeah, honey, I'll do that. (laughs) Because not everything your wife tells you is from God. Wow, a lot of men were afraid to say amen there. A lot of women were afraid to confess. A lot of things that your husband tells you is not from God. There's more women say amen there to that one. (laughs) Anyhow... Uh, so Abraham goes and has a relationship with Abgar, She gets pregnant. She has a baby named Ishmael, And everyone's happy. And they're celebrating this baby he was a good-looking kid. Everybody's really happy. Abraham's finally a dad. And Sarah gets jealous, angry, hurt. And she talks to Abraham again. And says, Abraham, you need to kick this, this lady out. I don't want to see that kid. You need, you need to get rid of them right away. And Abraham goes and talks to God. And listen to this. This is really funny. Okay, the second time that God t- that Abraham talks to God, God tells Abraham, "Listen to your wife." <laughs> That's hilarious, isn't it? Is that too hilarious, guys, because some of you need to hear that. God may be telling you the second time, maybe she made a mistake the first time, but the second time she is saying, you know, God say, listen to your wife, listen to your wife because, because it doesn't end there, because what is in Ishmael is what I have promised you, because God never turns his back on his word, God always fulfills his promise, God always fulfills his promise. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of him. So the next day, Abraham gets Hagar and Ishmael ready, and and he kicks them out of the camp, and and they're out in the desert, and and they've got a little bit of water, a little bit of food, and and, and it runs out, and all of a sudden, the baby is crying because it's dying. And Hagar says this, I'm going to lay the baby down under a bush, and I need to walk away because I don't want to see the baby die. And here we find the results of people helping God. So let's look at some of the things, or the Galah things that we need to find out about the story. When you try to help God, you not only hurt God's plan, but you hurt yourself, and you might hurt others. Someone needs to hear that today because you want to do it your way, and God's saying, hold on here. I promised you something and I'm going to do it in my time and my way. When you said Jesus, you're Lord of my life, you're saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to follow you the way you want to do things in my life and when you want to do things in my life. And God speaks again to some people and tells them, I don't need your help. I'm almighty God. I'm the God who's in control of whatever situation you're going through. The only thing that I ask you is for you to trust me. For you to trust me. Hallelujah. So here's this child and this woman, and they're dying because Sarah had this idea. And so sometimes we may not only hurt ourselves, we may hurt others as well. Hagar was feeling this way. She had been used. She had been hated. She had been despised. She had not only been despised, but she had been thrown away, and she had been abandoned. Wow. Wow. So here's this woman in the middle of the desert, her baby's dying, and all of these things have happened to her, but then God shows up. Wow! Because God never fails. I said God never fails. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, even in the middle of the mistake of others in your life, God never fails. Because if you love Jesus Christ with all your heart, if you serve Jesus Christ with all your heart, no matter who has done what against you, God will always show up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The baby starts crying and the scripture says that God heard the baby's cry. Because no matter who has yelled at you, God will always listen to your heart. No no matter who has spoken against you, more powerful is your voice when you talk to God and you cry out to God. The scripture says that we will cry out to him and he will listen to us. Come on, somebody praise him. (laughs) Hallelujah. God's love for you is greater than the severity of your problem. God knew what had happened with Hagar, what was happening with Ishmael. He knew the complexity of the situation, such as the complexity of your life. Maybe you don't know who your dad is. Maybe your mom walked away from you. Maybe he abandoned you when you got pregnant. Maybe hurts have happened in your life. You've made mistakes. But when you came to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, his love towards your life is greater than the severity of your problem. Problem your problem, hold on, hold on. The mistakes of others in your life? No. Maybe someone spoke to you one day and said, Well, oh, you were an oops. We really didn't plan for you. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Amen. No one who is alive is an oops. If God gave you life, it's because He had a purpose and a destiny for your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe you're looking at your husband and your wife, and you're saying, "Well, here's my mistake, right here, Pastor John." Well, oh, I want to, I want to bind that, I want to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Because even if you met your wife, your husband before you knew the Lord, God can turn every situation around. <laughs> Hallelujah! 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 So let me continue here because the piano player already showed up. All right, all right. <laughs> God is waiting. God is wanting to help you, and He will send His angels to do it. This is what happened, okay? The baby's crying, and God sends an angel, just like Psalms 91 says to you today. And He has ordered His angels to take care of you, to watch you, to protect you. But, Pastor John, look at what Abraham did. Look what Sarah did. It doesn't matter. God's love, God's grace, God's mercy, God's wanting to help us is greater than anything that man has ever done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, So I'm going to finish with the next two things, okay? Um, I said two things just so that I can buy myself some more time, okay? Um, I was in Atlanta about five years ago, tell you a little bit about what God does. And I was being interviewed uh, on radio on a political issue. And after we finished talking about it, all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and I started giving out this prophetic word for people, okay? And one of the words that he gave me was, there's someone listening to me today, this is what I said, who is struggling with alcoholism. God's speaking to you today and he wants to set you free. But you've got to take some action on your part. Go and just throw everything away. And the lady was listening to me. Her and her husband were alcoholics. And she did just that. That night, her husband got home. And he's tired. He's wanting a drink. He's looking for a beer. He can't find anything. Looking for a drink. He can't find anything. Goes to the wife and says, hey, what happened to all our liquor? And she said, some guy named Mendez was preaching on the radio and he told me to throw everything away. <laughs> so he gets angry and starts beating on her. After beat on her, he says, where is this Mendez? And, and the lady says, the wife says, he's speaking at so-and-so church tonight. The guy grabs a pistol and he comes towards the church. Comes to the church. And um, he's telling me this story while I'm praying for him at the altar. I'll, I'll get to that point in a minute. So he's telling me that you know, I got there a little late, and, and I was driving to the parking lot. He got there a little before before I did, and, and he went and asked some of the ushers, hey, where's Mendez? They said, he's not here yet, but as soon as he gets here, we'll let you know who he is. Uh, after he told me that, I said, thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> so he said, when I saw you drive in, I got close to the car hoping that I could shoot you, because he was so angry. He said, but I didn't, you weren't alone, so I I, I couldn't get a good aim, and I thought about it for a little bit, and I said, I I was alone in the car. He said, when you were walking towards the church, there were three guys in front of you, three behind you, and two on each side. And, And again, I said, oh, I was by myself. When you were sitting in the front, they were standing all around you. As a matter of fact, when you got up, you went to the bathroom, they went with you also. And i like, oh my God, they went with me to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he said, and, and now that you're praying for me, I came here with the purpose to kill you. You see, I needed a drink. And I hate what you told my wife. And he says, look at me. I got my hand on my pistol. and He had his hand like this. He said, "But this big guy won't let me take it out." I looked next to him, and I didn't want to tell him there's no one standing there. But then God opened my eyes, and when He opened my eyes, there was this big—well, everybody's big to me—but it was this big guy. That's not a joke, all right. There was this big guy. It was this huge, muscular angel, and he had his big hand on top of his he was saying, he won't let me take it out. And God opened my eyes to see that no matter in what situation I'm in, no matter what hurt I'm going through, he, sometimes I'm not just aware of what he's doing. See, because God had to thump me behind the head to open my eyes like what he has to do in your life today. I'm talking to you who hugged your, your pillow last night. You hugged your pillow last night saying, there's no one with me. What am I going to do? And you're feeling all alone. I'm speaking to you who cried in your car by yourself last night. I'm talking to you who are thinking that nobody cares. That nobody understands. Just like Hagar was. Used, abused, thrown away. And someone here today needs to hear that. And God just needs to open your eyes to let you know, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. As a matter of fact, I have sent angels to protect you, to surround you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when the angel talked to Hagar, he said, What's going on? Don't be afraid. And then the scripture says in verse 18, he opened her eyes. Galah. And she saw rah, that there was this, this well of water. There was a solution there. And today, this Holy Spirit is here to open your eyes so that you can see the solution God has for you. Hallelujah. He's talking to you, husband. You don't know what to do. And You think that walking away might be the answer. God is saying, hold on. Let me open your eyes. He's talking to you, young man, we're thinking that we're running away. Thinking that that's the answer. God's saying, let me show you the answer. He's talking to you. Who cries in the middle of the night and you don't know what you cry. You feel all alone and thinking that maybe suicide is the answer. And God is saying, would you give me a chance? Let me open your eyes. I'm talking to you who are willing to give up on your dream, your ministry, your calling. You've seen all kinds of doors shut on you. Oh, the power of the Holy Spirit is about to come upon you right now to open your eyes so that you can see God is still in control. I said God is still in control. Hallelujah. And every word. Every word that he's promised you, everything that he's declared upon your life, he will not turn his back on it. It's going to happen. He's going to heal you from that cancer. I said he's going to heal you from that cancer. You've been diagnosed with your kidneys. I don't know who you are, but God is saying, you know what? I'm going to open your eyes so you can see your healing taking place this morning. Hallelujah. Will you bow your head and close your eyes with me for a moment? hallelujah hallelujah oh hallelujah come Holy Spirit speak to our lives right now open my eyes Lord let me see what I need to see I don't know if there's anyone here today who would would stand right where they're at and say, Pastor John, I need God to open my eyes. I, I can't see. I need him to open my eyes and show me what he's doing in my life. I need to understand. The Holy Spirit is about to come upon your life right now you come before him and ask him that who will stand with me right now right where you're at they bring you one who would stand and say I need my eyes open right there right where you're at just stand up anyone else up on the balcony hallelujah hallelujah I need to say this word okay just as some of you are standing I need to tell you that abortion is not the answer I, I don't know who you are. I want to tell you that God's in control. And abortion is not the answer. God would not only take care of you, he's going to take care of that child. I declare it upon your life. Have faith and believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, come now. Through your Holy Spirit and descend upon this place Supernaturally. Raise your hands and come on, receive it. And say this prayer. Say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes. And help me see what God is doing in my life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord, right now. I pray it in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, And in the name of the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. Hallelujah.
0: I'm going to invite everybody to stand right now. This is a day of victory. It's a day of victory. And what Pastor John has just spoken to us is what seals that victory is that some of us don't realize that, yes, He's conquered death, hell, and the grave. Yes, He's conquered sickness and circumstances. And we're so busy looking for the answer that we want that we don't see what He's doing. And He wants to open our eyes today to show you the way He sees you, to show you the way He sees your circumstances, to show you the way He sees those people around you. So we have to receive that victory today. Amen? Let's say thanks to Pastor John for ministering life to us today. Thank you so much, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. You know, in the Bible, it talks about the Word of God. And the Bible is the Word of God, but there's also this Word of God, which means the Word for this moment. And that was a powerful moment for you to, I believe, press in and receive God's Word for you that there's victory today.